Today's scripture comes from Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slave and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things, and I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow, and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him, and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Taylor. You guys may be seated. Friends, today is Laity Sunday, and what an absolutely beautiful illustration of what the church is to be. And that is not paid professional clergy people doing the work and presenting so that everyone else can watch. It's, it's a family of broken knuckleheads who have been gifted in various ways to do the work of God's kingdom right here, boots on the ground, where we live, and into all the world. And so I want to say thank you for Werner Beersdorfer, who's going to be bringing the message today. And and I would just like to say a blessing over him as he comes forward, and all of us, that we might really hear from God today in a new way. God, we thank you for Werner, your servant, his willingness to stand here today and speak to us, the preparation and the time that he has put into the message today, and the lifetime of faithfulness that he has brought to this moment right here. God, I ask blessings on him, on his words, and on his household. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks. It's been a long time since I've been called a knucklehead. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> but it... Uh, it's well-founded. <clears throat> You're going to hear me uh, clear my throat quite often because I've been struggling with a chest cold. And so from time to time, you're going to hear me do that. Uh, may even cough a little bit, but it's finally coming up. So I'm going to have to do that occasionally. 
Uh, also, <clears throat> I don't want to take credit for what I'm going to say this morning, uh, and I'll explain to you why. Uh, several years ago, a very close friend of mine called me, and in the course of our conversation, he asked me if I ever heard of Robert Morris, <clears throat> and I said, I don't know who he is. And he said, he's somebody I think you'd really enjoy listening to. And so I found him on cable and I started recording, <clears throat> taping his uh, sermons. Uh, the problem was about every week or two, uh, I would go through all the things we recorded and I would kept deleting them. And I did that for several months, uh, probably dozens and dozens of sermons that uh, I deleted over, the, over that time frame. And then one evening, Lane and I were sitting down, and he came up back on the screen. And I said, Lane, we need to watch this guy one time. And we did, and when it was over, and you typically would say, hey, what did you think of this message that you just heard? We didn't do that. We said, we need to change what we're doing. We need to put God first. And when we did that, it changed everything that we did. Let me, before we start, let me say this. If, if God is first in your life, then everything will come into order. Jesus said we will have tribulation. But if you have struggles and hardships, would you rather go through that tribulation with everything in order or everything out of order? If God is first in your life, everything will be in order. The one thing that I learned from the message that I heard from Robert Morris is this, and it really convicted me. He says, you can tell me all day long God's first in your life, but let me check, let me see your bank account. I had to hide, literally had to hide. <clears throat> God must be first. Uh, let me read you some interesting trivia information. In preparing for this, uh, it was an educational process for me. There are over 31,200 verses in the Bible. 500 of those verses deal with prayer, nearly 500 verses with faith. But listen to this, more than 2,000 verses talk about money and possessions. Jesus talked about money in 16 of his 38 parables. Clearly, from the, God, from the Bible standpoint, we need to understand money and how to handle it. Why? Because tithing is a test. It's a test. <clears throat> and, we're going to, and you're going to take this test every time you get paid. Right, let me ask you something. Let's raise your hands when I ask you this. How many of you get paid on a monthly basis? How many get paid every two weeks? Okay. How many get paid once a week? Okay. How many never get paid? No, never, never mind. Never mind. Uh, but every, every time you get paid, you take this test. And the test is, who are you going to thank for your income? Your employer? Uh, visa? And that's important because every time <clears throat> that you get paid, you take the test. You know, sometimes we, we, we don't remember what the word tithe means. It's a Hebrew word, and it means a tenth, a tenth part. Uh, a tithe is not 5% or 6% or 3%. It's 10. It's 10%. And there are, there are a number of examples in the Bible where 10 
represents testing. And let me go over some of these with you. Now, what I want you to do, I want you to, you know, give the number, and you'll, you'll understand the number. So I want you to say it out loud with me. So how many plagues were there in Egypt? Ten, right? Let's say it out loud. Now, I could have said it a different way, and that is, how many times did God test Pharaoh's heart? How many commandments are there? Ten. All right, now, you may not know this next one, but uh, there's a pattern. How many times did God test Israel while they were wandering in the wilderness? Ten. How many times did God test Jacob's heart by allowing him to change wages? Ten. How many times was Daniel tested in the first chapter of the book of Daniel? Ten. In Matthew 25, how many virgins had, had their preparedness tested? Ten. How many days of testing are mentioned in Revelations 2? Ten. How many disciples are there? No, there are twelve. I'm just testing you. See if you got that. What is true is that the number ten is associated with testing in the Bible. If you go to Matthew 6, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. And you, we're constantly being tested. Uh, if you have your Bible, you, you can turn to, Matthew, to Exodus 13, uh, Exodus 13, 2, and we'll, we'll talk about that. And we'll go through several different scripture verses, and if you want to follow on that, uh, that would be terrific. <clears throat> uh, listen to Exodus 13:2. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb <clears throat> among the children of Israel, both man and beast, listen to this, it is mine. It belongs to me." It is very strong in the Hebrew language when he says that. It belongs to me. Starting at verse 11, it, And it shall be when the Lord brings into, into the land of the Canaanites, <clears throat> as he swore to you and your fathers, and gives to you, that you shall shed apart to the Lord all that open the womb. That is, every firstborn that comes from the animal which, which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. Same language. They belong to him. It is mine. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. And if you do not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. Now, we're going to talk about that as it applies to tithing. If you don't give the first 10% to God, you're going to lose it. I mean, it's coming out of your bank account. Excuse me. So what did, we, what did we just read? We read the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. But how do we know what to do? <clears throat> well, God gives us two examples of animals, exemplary animals. One, the donkey, and the other, the lamb. The donkey represents the unclean animal, and the lamb represents the clean, <clears throat> the clean animal. And so here's, <clears throat> excuse me, here, so clean must be sacrificed and unclean must be redeemed with a sacrifice of a clean. So how does that apply to us today? All right, let me ask you this. When we were born in the natural, were we born clean or unclean? Unclean. When Jesus was born, was he born clean or unclean? Clean. So here's what we just read. 
Jesus, the clean, had to be sacrificed so the unclean can be redeemed. Have you ever thought that Jesus was God's tithe to us? Probably never thought about this before. But Jesus is God's tithe. And the reason he is, is because God gave Jesus first. He didn't wait till we got cleaned up, uh, but while we were smocking him and spitting on him and hanging him on the cross, Jesus died for us. Because he didn't wait for us. He gave Jesus first. You know, God said, give me the first lamb from the sheep. He didn't say, uh, wait till you have ten uh, uh, lamb and give me the one that you don't like. You know, the one that gets into your garden. He said, give me the first. The first is mine. It is mine. <clears throat> it belongs to me. Have you ever wondered uh, why God accepted uh, Abel's offering and not Cain's? I didn't have any idea until I understood the principle of first. Let's, let's go to Genesis, <clears throat> Genesis uh, 4, uh, verse 3, verse, excuse me, verse uh, 3 and 5. In the process of time, this is very important, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the, first, uh, the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. See, it's interesting that the Lord not only respects the offering, but he respects the person. In other way, another word for respect, he received. He received the offering, but he didn't receive and respect Cain's offering. I was a Cain for a long time. I mean, I hate to admit it, but I was a Cain for a long time. In the process of time, as it came to pass, Lane and I would send in our, I don't even want to call it tithe, because oftentimes it wasn't 10%. It was 5%, it was 6%, it was whatever it was. It wasn't a tithe. A tithe means a tenth, 10%. That, that is God's. That's God's, <clears throat> uh, what, he, what he expects of us. Now, let me carry it just a, <clears throat> a little bit further. It's, it's not that God wouldn't accept the tithe. is He couldn't accept the tithe. Because God's first. God is never second or third. He doesn't take leftovers. God always has to be first. If, if, you, re, if you go to Proverbs 3.9, Proverbs 3.9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, bonuses, whatever. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. <clears throat> if you go to Exodus 23:19, the first of the first fruits of your land. I, I like the way he says that. In case he says it first, in case you don't understand what first is, the first of your first fruits of your land shall, you shall bring. That's a very important word. You shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Why do you think he used bring instead of give? Well, it's very simple. You can't give something that belongs to somebody else. 
you bring it because it's his. He owns it. He owns it. <clears throat> when, uh, when we go to Malachi, Malachi 3, probably one of the more, more famous uh, uh, scripture verses as it pertains to tithing, and it's very strong, extremely strong in the way the writer puts it. He says, uh, Malachi 3.6, For I am the Lord, I do not change. I want you to remember that. God doesn't change. I, I hear a lot of people say, well, tithing is in the Old Testament. It's in the old law. But if God doesn't change, what, do we just keep him in the old law and not bring him forward where Jesus lives and lived? Of course we do. <clears throat> Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances. Another way to say that is from the ordinary way of behavior. What you've always done, but you haven't done that. And you have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you. Here you see that word return again. It says the Lord of hosts. And I want you to listen to how many times he says the Lord of hosts, <clears throat> so you don't forget who's talking. It's God that's talking. <clears throat> but you said, in what way shall we return? Now listen, the preacher didn't make this up. Will, God rob, will man rob God? Yet how have you robbed me? In what way have you robbed me? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. I mean, why would you have, why would you want your checking account to be, to be cursed? I mean, it's got enough problems. <laughs> Bring all, bring all the tithes to the storehouse. And the storehouse is always the church. It's always the church. That there may be food in my house and, and try me. Another word for try is test. Test me. It's the only time I know in the Bible where God says, listen, you can test me and see if I'm going to do exactly what I said I was going to do. Test me. Try me, he said. <clears throat> says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven... And pour out such blessings that there will be not enough room to receive it. And I will rebuke to the devourer for your sake. Who's the devourer? Satan. He rebukes Satan if we just do what God asks us to do. Uh, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor, the shall, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for, uh, for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed and delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Leviticus 27, 30 says this way, And all the tithes of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. Go back to the first thing we read. It belongs to God. It is holy to the Lord. Holy is set apart. It means set apart in Hebrew. Set apart. It's His. It's His. <clears throat> Let me ask you guys something. <clears throat> Would you ever go into a restaurant? Sit down eat a meal and walk out without paying? You know, some Christians do that every Sunday. They come to church, eat a meal, and skip out on the check. When you come to church on Sunday, aren't you spiritually fed? Of course you are. But yet, skip out on the check. Here, here's, here's what we've talked about this morning. 
We've talked about the principle of first, that firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed, the first fruits must be offered, and the tithe must be first. Must be. You have to believe that 90% blessed will go further than 100% cursed. You, you have to, and that's a fact. 90% blessed by God will go further than 100% cursed. <clears throat> uh, let me give you a quick math illustration. Uh, I can do that easily because we just got through building a house and, and we dealt with a landscaper, but real quick, uh, you know, a landscaper gives you th- three different quotes. It gives you the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the labor, the material, and then the profit. And let's just say I pay the, the landscaper for the material and for the labor, and let's just say that for his profit, <clears throat> I give him $1,000, and I give him 10 $100 bills, 10. All right, so here's a math illustration. You got 10 $100 bills, a tithe means 10%, so how much is the tithe? $100, okay? So which one is the tithe? The first one, right? Well, let me put it to you another way. It's the first one that leaves your hand. That's the tithe, the first one that leaves your hand. Not when you get home, <clears throat> and, you'll, and you'll say, well, this is for the mortgage, and this is for the insurance, and this is for the car payment, <clears throat> this is for Kroger's. Oh, there's, there's not enough left for God. Let me help you. He wouldn't take it anyway. Because our God is not a God of seconds. He's a God of first. Now, I know I'm limited on time, and I'm, I'm gonna, but I want to do mention one last thing to you. Uh, if you go to Deuteronomy 15, verse 7, God, God talks about uh, giving. There are three, three types of giving. And he talks about wicked, or in other words, another word for wicked is selfish. He talks about uh, <coughs> excuse me, grieving, and he talks about generous. Uh, we're selfish before we give. We grieve after we give. Here's why I say that. Have you ever had buyer's remorse? That ever come into play? Where you say, gee, I wish I hadn't done that. Uh, and you make a, make a large financial commitment, and all of a sudden, two months later, something breaks. What does the enemy say? See, I, I told you you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have given that to, to the church. I tried to warn you. Deuteronomy 10 says it this way, Surely, you surely shall give to him and your heart. You shall not be grieved when you give, because for this thing, listen to this, for this thing the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hand. I mean, that's amazing. In everything you do, God will bless you. He's got to be first. God's got to be first. Let me... uh, Let me get some more water first. <laughs> Let me share, <clears throat> share something with you. Uh, my, son is, my Sunday school class knows this, because I've shared it with them. This is some sort of a personal testimony that Lane and I can share with you. Uh, in 2009, uh, Lane and I were victims of a Ponzi scheme. Uh, a very close friend of mine uh, was operating it, took in about $20 million from bunch of religious organizations and, and Christian men and women. Uh, and uh, we lost about 80% of our income. 
uh, on top of that, because we were building a house and because we still had other debt, uh, our debt was about three quarters of a million dollars. Uh, I didn't know about this principle at that particular time, because that was years later that uh, it finally, you know, dawned on me that uh, in our life, God wasn't first. We, we were Cain's. We were in the process of time as it came to, we were those, we were those people. I had three friends help step up to the plate. Listen to this. One gave us, gave us $20,000 and two loaned us $10,000. It got us through the rest of 09. Now, if you might remember, the housing crunch started in 07, 08, and we were right, right at that point, that's in that time frame. Uh, we owned real estate. We had 100 acres in Calera. Uh, we had two houses, one that wasn't completed yet. We had two barns, two everything, dogs, cat, horses. <clears throat> we had a condominium in Florida. Uh, had a, have an office condo in, in uh, in the Calera, and obviously we had to put it up on the market. <laughs> Couldn't sell it. Uh, none of the property we had uh, was sold. When we applied this principle, and after Elaine and I sat down and listened to this particular sermon that he gave, we changed everything. Now, you can imagine how difficult it would have been and was when we had to write that first check, whatever income we had left, 10% went to God. The first check she wrote. Now, let's, let's listen to me a minute. God is not legalistic about this. I mean, there are times you're going to, get, you're, you're going to forget. Uh, you know, you're going to go to Walmart and go shopping, and, gee, I forgot to give God 10%. No. He knows your heart. God knows your heart. But we started writing those checks. And it was about two years after that <clears throat> that things started to to mature for us. And I say that because I think God was waiting to see what we would do. See, too many times we hear, uh, give and you'll get, give and you'll get, give and you'll get. So we give because we know we're going to get. I think God was waiting to see if I really trusted him. And I, when, when you have that kind of debt and that little income, it makes, it makes, it makes that first 10% go out the door extremely difficult. But you had, to, you had to focus and you had to believe. I took the 100 acres and I, uh, I uh, resurveyed them and uh, carved out 20 acres across the lake. Beautiful piece of property. Uh, they were actually appraised at 10,000 an acre. Uh, two years after we applied this principle, uh, we sold the 20 acres for a little less than 12,000 an acre. Uh, we sold the, uh, the condo for asking price we ended up selling the rest of the farm for $100,000 more than asking price. And I said, I said, Lord, I sure like your, your way a lot better than my way. Because my, my, way, my way didn't work. I sure appreciate what you're doing. <clears throat> I ended up leasing my office condo. It cost me about $8,000 a year just to operate it. I leased it out uh, with the rent. That's almost $30,000 difference in income and outgo. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you this, uh, and I want you to take this in the way it was intended. Don't be a Cain. God wants to bless you. God is a giver. 
God so loved the world that He gave. He gave. He wants to be a giver. <clears throat> I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to ask God, Holy Spirit, what are you telling me through this message? What are you telling me? I want you to really listen, listen to his words. And I, I have a feeling that you're going to go home and you and your spouse are going to talk about it. And you're going to say, you know, we want to do it God's way. We want God to be first in our life in everything that we do. In everything that we do. And maybe for the first time you realize that maybe we forgot the fact that uh, tithing may be more important to God than we think or we ever, ever thought about. We ask it all in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.